Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to The Quad with Chris Young. I'm Chris. We got Ryan from Miami. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Haley the Bear. Hi. <laughs> and producer Josh. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for uh, coming back and listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so very much for all the love you've been showing us lately. So awesome. If you're not already doing so, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate us. Give us five stars. Whatever the top rating is. I think that's always five stars. Yep, five stars. If there's hey, somehow seven hey. stars somewhere, do it. <laughs> we, we, we reached a milestone this week. We did. That's worth celebrating. Yeah, we did. 30,000 <laughs> streams. I think we're actually at almost 32,000 now. Yeah, we are. I think we all celebrated yesterday. <laughs> yeah, this is like the weirdest one we've done so far of like walking in and talking to all of you. So two two things that you have to know is that um, Ryan has the scariest today. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking. I see he's taking a sip of his coffee. <laughs> we don't know if that's coffee. We don't know what actually, that is. you're right. <laughs> There's a little Bailey's in it, not going to lie. <laughs> But everybody's just kind of down. It's rainy in Nashville. I'm sure it's beautiful and sunny where you are, Ryan. You don't have to rub it in. It is gorgeous today. This would have been the day for you guys to come down here, by the way. I'm you missed an you, opportunity. I have off tonight. We should have went down there. I have four days off. Well, I had a sound check at 6.30 a.m. this morning and a show at 7.45. So. Oh, Mr. Responsible over there. <laughs> Did you play basketball at 4 a.m. too? No, I didn't. I didn't. You didn't play I didn't basketball all the day. time. Anyway, we got a lot we're going to get to. I actually want to start off with music today. I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. So let's go there first. Music. So I've talked a lot about the new stuff that I've been working on for my record. One of the things that I have not talked about is some of like the behind the scenes stuff that goes into this. And I just want to get your opinion from a production standpoint, because we were talking about this and I was really intrigued. I thought, you know, some people may find this really boring. Some people may be really fascinated by this, and that is re-singing a vocal when you don't really have to, but you know you can make it just a little bit better. So I, I sang the vocal for our song tonight, We're Dancing, and, and sent it out to you and Josh Phillips, our co-writer, and played it for a couple of people, and everybody loved it and was freaking out over the song. And I went back and re-sang it, and I was on the way out there, and I, I got a phone call from somebody. They're like, well, didn't you already sing that? Aren't you done with this already? I was like, well, yeah, but I was like, I think I can do it like 5% better. Just uh, There's a couple things that I will always hear that maybe nobody else would hear on a final. But even if you don't hear it necessarily, as it's going down, you would feel it, and I feel like it's 5% better. I feel like it just it, it got a little bit better, and... I feel like if you do that enough on a record, it, it adds up by the end of it. Even if it's these small, tiny, minute things that are very nerdy and very geeky and <laughs> just diving into, I don't like the way I said I in that line. <laughs> it, it sounds so stupid, but it, at the end product, I think it's important. And, and you and I were chatting about that. Yeah, we were, we were having a conversation about that where this is a law of very small 5% all over the place. Maybe that vocal is 5% better. Maybe... We really focus on this transition and this passing chord and make sure that every note of that chord is laid out and stacked in the perfect way so that it creates the right amount of tension. Like there are maybe 20 of those little 5%, but that adds up to a hundred percent better of a product. You're just hyper-focusing on a couple things. Yeah, you lost so, me at math. 
<laughs> well, we're, we're like laying our hearts out there and Ryan's like, ooh, math, ooh, math. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do the percentages in my head and it's just not computing this morning. I'm sorry. Songs are neat. <laughs> Yay. Sound good. English, please. Well, it's, it's just everybody always is like, why does it take so long to make a, a final vocal? And, you know, we can make demos, uh, which a, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, that sounds like it's a finished product you know, just about every day mm -hmm. there's, there's one being made on, on a song we just wrote and we're, we're stacking tracks and doing all that stuff, but it's very, very fast. And so when you get ready to make, you know, your final album done, completed, can never go back and touch it ever again. Want people to fall in love with it the very first time they hear it. It, it just takes a, a long time. So I'm, this is also my way of going, sorry that it's not already out there. <laughs> <laughs> Can't rush perfection. That's all good. <laughs> You're going to make everyone really mad right now. <laughs> it's going to come out. People will be like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Excuses, no, no. excuses. <laughs> but I am still working very diligently on that. And, and it's sounding great. And it's worth revisiting. It really was. You sent, you sent it to me afterwards, and it was really worth going back and doing it one more time. Yeah. I think I heard the re-one by Josh. You were at Doghouse, and he played it for me. <laughs> It yeah, really probably because yeah. he said that's where he was when he was listening to it. Yeah. So that, that would make sense. Yeah. What day was that? Friday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was also a very, <clears throat> very long morning for me because it, it was just a long day. It was one of those days that I thought I had like one thing on my schedule. Have you ever had days like that where it's like, oh, I've only got this one thing to do. And then there's like something you forgot about, something that you add. And then it's like, oh, I've oh. been gone from the house for 12 hours. What the hell happened? <laughs> that happened yeah. this morning when you reminded me of that thing tonight that I'm not going to go to. <laughs> You're safe. Have you ever had days like that, Bear? Oh, all the time. Are you kidding me? I get myself into stuff I never want to. <laughs> right. That's a, that's an everyday occurrence for Bear, by the way. <gasps> <laughs> ah, that's a Bear noise. <laughs> you should, Ryan. You, that literally right there sounded like you were R2-D2 from Star Wars. <laughs> It was incredible. I would, we just need to like grab that piece of audio for later use. I want to rehear that. I want to rehear that. <laughs> okay. I had another really cool moment that I want to talk about in music, and, and that's I got a chance to do something that I've never done before. I got to introduce someone on the Opry for their very first Opry performance, Yay. which I, if you guys have not already heard about this or seen it, Peyton Smith, who's the guy who's going out, is the very, very first opener on my tour this summer. Got a chance to play the Opry for the very first time. Always something that's really, really special. But it was so cool just standing there on the side of the stage after introducing him, watching him walk out. He played this song that is not his single. He played the single second. But he played this song that he wrote for his dad. And it was just him on acoustic. And I think there was Keys and Steel. And it was this song just kind of about all, all that his dad had given up. And he hopes one day he lives up to being the man that his dad is. And... It was just so cool and, and such an awesome moment for him being out there for the first time. They gave him a standing ovation. He That's cried. Awesome. It And it was just cool because I remember how important that was the very first time I stepped on the stage. Who introduced you? On my was first... Uh, no, no. Brad introduced me when I, I became a member. And Vince was the one that asked me. Brad was actually the one that hosted that. Yeah. I do not remember who was hosting my section the very first time I went out there, probably because I was scared to freaking death. And also there was not the, nearly the amount of like social media and all that stuff that we did where it was like me walking Peyton around through the halls and stuff. It was just like, I showed up and I was there in my room by myself like, and they were Are like, you Chris, you're like, uh huh. Uh -huh yeah, please. Do, do you have an empty like mop closet? I can stay in. I don't care. I just want to stay here. 
But I, I remember walking out on stage and I, I played Drinking Me Lonely for the first time and everybody stood up at the end and just freaked me the hell out. But it was so cool. And it was awesome to be a small part of his first night mm-hmm. and, and get to see that from the other side. And he nailed it. He's awesome. If you have not dug into his music yet, make sure you do that. I know he's on my tour, so that's a little self-serving for me to be like, yeah, go check out Peyton Smith. But <laughs> it, it, incredible guy. Yeah, good. How how cool is that moment though, CY, when you get to see like the the jubilation and the joy on someone else's face? Like that's got to be it's it's like a priceless moment, man, to be able to walk him through and just see that, for lack of a better term, like boyhood excitement walking through. It, it was awesome, and it, you know he had his whole family there with him, and you could tell it was just like this big moment of you know importance for him, yeah, which confirmation. is yeah, it's it's so cool, and also weird aside. I was 20 the very first time that I played on the Opry, and he's 20. Oh. So he's that was. That young? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, he's been playing for a long time, and it's it shows because he's very. Even though he, he got kind of like right at the end of the first song, it was like little, little shaky voice almost, or you could tell he was trying to hold it together because this song was just really important to him and, and to be able to play it in that, that spot was, was a big moment. You could tell he felt the weight of it, but. It just so cool. And and afterwards, just talking to him, he was still just, Buzzing. oh, man, he was jacked up. He was so excited. You could tell he was like, I just wanted to go out and play some more. Yeah. So very, very cool moment. And anybody that saw that, you saw something really, really special. And I, that is definitely not going to be his last time playing there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, good, good for him. All right, so since I brought up a bunch of stuff on my end, and we always go into what have you been listening to and in this section, I wanted to change it up a little bit this week. We're going to do that on a couple of the sections that we're doing. But in this one in particular, I want to know what was the last concert that you went to? Josh? Oh, snap. So mine was back in October, and Chris, you and I were texting. I missed you in New York City by like 12 hours, yeah, which would have been so fun because that is my favorite place in the entire world. And I have so many good food places to go show you. <laughs> that being said, a friend hooked me up with some free tickets to go see Natasha Bedingfield at oh. Webster Hall. I had never seen her before. Incredible live show. She had so much energy. She was crushing it. I forgot how many of her songs I actually knew. I forgot about like Pocket Full of Sunshine and some of those other ones. Um, so good. Had the best time. Natasha Bedingfield. All right. Ryan? It was actually the Opry was the last show that I went to, the last concert. Uh, February 11th when I was in town, um, went out to see Darius Rucker, Luke Combs, and Jimmy Allen. And it was an awesome, awesome show. Um, And I had never seen a show from the Opry side stage before. So it was a really cool experience to be standing kind of where friends and family are and just watch the crowd's reaction. And, and watching kind of how everybody was responding to, you know, how Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy was great. Jimmy really, really engaged the crowd in, in an awesome way. And, uh, you know, it was just really cool to see from that perspective on the side stage, um, you know, that show and, and in that, that venue. So it was an amazing performance by all three guys. But, yeah, Opry was my last concert, man. It was a good time. The Grand Ole Opry is getting all kinds of love. They should sponsor this week. <laughs> Just go back retroactively. Music, music hey, brought to you by with Chris Young, brought to you by the Grand Old Opry. Yeah, I, I know they didn't intend for that this week, but that's going to have to be a line item for them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Bear, what was the last one? You you have this look of fear on your face. Can you not remember? 
<laughs> or is it embarrassing? I, no, I was, and I was th- trying to think so hard of the last concert I went to because the only one I was like, the last one I went to was you, but then I just. Remember? Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> we, we're not counting concerts that I've played at. No, I also realized that I clearly don't go to a lot of concerts anymore. So. Well, what was the last one you went to? Actually, back in October was Carrie Underwood in Jacksonville. So I that was the last. It's been a long time since I've been to an actual full-on concert that no wasn't you. And it's been a while, but I went to the Carrie concert, and she was phenomenal. Actually, it was great. Shout out to Jeff. Shout out to Jeff Johnson, who yes. uh, takes some phenomenal photos on that tour. Yes, uh, I was gonna try and say hi to Jeff, but I got there late, so I didn't get to. But uh, no, the concert. First of all, the concert was amazing. It was three sixty. Yeah, you got there late. Yeah, I did. Was kinda it traffic? Like, <laughs> kind of like today. <laughs> There's traffic today. I promise. Did you, did you oversleep? No, I didn't oversleep. I got up really early. We actually. we all took bets on on what the excuse would be when she got here. If it was going to be oh it's traffic because the rain, I chose overslept, dogs. and he chose it was the dogs. Something happened with the dogs. No, I was actually up early. It was just I didn't. There was traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, See why you you won. Yes, I did. Anyways, I was carrying away. It was the three sixty. You know, like she did all over, and they have. They had really cool things. Like, what were the, what are those? I don't know what I'm saying. Yes. Screens? (laughs) Not screens, but like she project. Okay, never mind. So they're using a projector on, on like. Things that came down. It was. uh, IMAG? I don't even know. Don't ask me. That was the last concert I saw. (laughs) Let's go with it. Yeah, I'm glad you remembered it because you, you looked like. I I literally had fear in my face because I was like. Who's the last concert I saw that wasn't Chris? <laughs> it's like that scene from a movie, Where Were You on the Night of September 13th? Yeah, it was, it's kind of like that. So my last concert that I didn't go to because I was either playing or had to be there or it was like a music event. Actually, believe it or not, if you want to call the five song set, it was watching you play with Alexis. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. WME, yeah. I, I went over randomly. I got a message from Josh that was like, hey, come come check this out. And I've played there they have this little area set up at William Morris and in WME's basically right as you walk in off the elevator they, they have the steps is what they call it it's just all the seated area that they built into their new office in Nashville and there's a place that they have where artists can go and, and play some music I've actually played acoustic there I think during the draft I did something okay. where I played a couple songs for for one of the NFL things and she had her band, and Josh was playing bass. Guitar. Oh, guitar. guitar. See, I always say that. I said that the other day, too, because you played bass. Yeah. Norm- normally, you, yeah. Uh, normally, almost always, I play bass. But, but you, were, you were ripping guitar. I apologize. Nope. You had the, the beautiful green guitar that's sitting over here yes, behind us as we're recording. Since no one can see that, that's horrible. Horrible. Oh, but it does look cool. It is pretty. Yeah, is but this pretty. is an awful thing to do because no one can see it. <laughs> this not is not the medium, medium to do you this. Could, you could post it on the story. Good. Slapping the bass, man. Slapping the bass, man. Oh, Lord. <laughs> just, just, just stop. <laughs> anyway, that was the last one that, that I saw. I think that the last real, like, full concert that I saw before that was Jake Cole when he was in town. Okay. Whoa, wait a minute. You went and saw Jake breaking, Cole. Breaking news. Chris Young, big Jake Cole fan. Yeah. You didn't and it was, tell me about It was concert? incredible. <gasps> it was incredible. His transitions are just so smooth. The way he talks to the crowd 
is very, very interesting. It was like, it kind of sucked me in a little bit, the way that he was just kind of riffing in between songs and, and how engaging he was. It was really, really cool. And the way he had his band set up was was very interesting. Like his stage set was, was really cool. And obviously lots of songs and you know, he played ATM and everybody was just going nuts. So I have a question for you. Yeah. When you go and see an artist that's in such a different genre than what you do, are there things that you gleam and try to put in your live show and, and incorporate that? Yeah. Yeah, he should dance. You do more dancing? <laughs> That's not it. That's not it. I'm just saying. Tonight we're, we're dancing. dancing. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Song of Destiny. <laughs> My voice cracked. <laughs> oh, perfect. And Ryan has just hit puberty. <laughs> oh. So, yes. You like, that? you like that transition, don't you? Amazing. <laughs> don't you? Tonight we're dancing. That is the song that we wrote that's going on the record. And we've spent way too much time on music this week now, so we're we're way way too far in. Let's let's move on to something else. Let's talk about movies. Movies. I love that it is uh this is also something visual that no one can see, but I'm gonna say it anyway. It's the green button yeah. for movies this yeah. week on on your uh your controller over there and it is very appropriate because we're going to talk about a throwback. We're going to do Ghostbusters. Mm. I just so, want to push a button. Who are you to call? Goose. You don't get to push it. That's, you don't <laughs> get to push the button. I want to push the button. <laughs> All right. Hit the, do, button. Would you, hit the bear button. No, I hit the bear Good Lord. All right. So obviously Ghostbusters is one of my favorite movies of all time. This is like. And we are talking about the original. Yes. Yeah, like the original one. There's been remakes. It's, yeah. This is the original, man. We're not, we're not talking about anything else. From 1984, the year before I was born, Ghostbusters, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. <laughs> Unassailable. Yeah. If, if, if it was anything less, I would be offended. It is so good. So good. If you have not seen this movie, I don't know what in the hell is wrong with you. I've now said hell like four times on this podcast. I don't. I don't. I don't Can know why. Bleep them out or no? no. <laughs> I just don't know why I'm doing it. But obviously, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis did the screenplay for this. I think people are unaware most of the time that Rick Moranis was was one of the writers. And man, just an incredible. Think about the the intro song. Slimer, I mean, who remembers the, the high C with oh, Slimer on the, the juice box? Ecto uh, cooler. <laughs> yeah. Ecto cooler. Mm -hmm. I will say, it's been so long since I've actually sat down and watched this movie, but you can't beat the... <laughs> the the effects in it <laughs> like, yeah. they're they're very groundbreaking for 1984 <laughs> you know what it's it's funny you see them and you're like uh okay you know it's it's a little dated now but it's not like you don't have to suspend belief of the effects like if you go back and watch the original spider-man that they did that had uh toby mcguire in it mm-hmm mm -hmm. That's this is his name, right? That's his name. Okay, I just had <laughs> that moment of had that moment of oh crap. Did I say, yeah, yeah. So if you go back and watch that, like the the effects in that are really, really dated. Yeah, it, it's I guess just the best way to put it. Uh, the way that they animated him like moving through the air just doesn't look real. Yeah. These are at least fairly practical effects, other than the stuff that they laid over the screen, 
but even those, I, I mean, think, really, hold up really well. Other than the rooftop stuff, everything holds up pretty well. Like, Slimer holds up well. The, the like library ghost holds up well. Even when he's, like, in the hallway. <laughs> looks like a little puppet as he's eating the food off the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks like a little puppet. <laughs> so this is actually pretty timing. Uh, timely, I should say. Real Ghostbusters vintage toys are coming back to Walmart only. Breaking news. Breaking news. So if you want a vintage Ghostbusters toy, it will soon be back in stores. Walmart only? Walmart only. <laughs> oh, and by the way, according to coed.com, they ranked all of the Ghostbusters movies. This is according to coed.com. Are you ready? Go. Our friends at coed.com. Number three, Ghostbusters 2 in 1989. The year I was born. Y'all are old. At number two, Ghostbusters from 2016. Oh. And the best Ghostbusters movie of all time, according to coed.com, is Ghostbusters in 1984. That is wrong. 2016 should never be on any list anywhere. Oh, my voice just cracked, too. She's very upset about this. <laughs> I saw, so I saw the look on Haley's face when you said the one from 2016, and she was pissed. Yeah, who? No, coed.com. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, since I've done this in the past, uh, going from Google, after the members of a team of scientists lose their cushy positions at a university in New York City, they decide to become Ghostbusters to wage a high-tech battle with the supernatural for money. They stumble upon a gateway to another dimension, a doorway that will release evil upon the city. The Ghostbusters must... <laughs> almost got through it. The Ghostbusters must now save New York from complete destruction. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! Oh my gosh, no. So, if we're talking about Ghostbusters now, what's your opinion on the newest one coming out? I'm intrigued. I, I like, if you guys haven't heard about this, uh, they're doing uh, a spinoff, which is going to be about, I think they allude to it in the trailer, that it's like the grandkids of one of the original Ghostbusters. And they're like finding some of the equipment. And then there's something going on that they're going to have to, you know, face before the end of this film. They don't go too far into it, obviously. But I, I'm intrigued. I'm okay with that premise. I'm okay with that. They, they Yes. That's the best way they can go about it, if you want to think about it, if they want to do something continued on from the original. Cautiously optimistic. How about that? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's where I'm at. Ryan, do you have an opinion on that? I want one of the real Ghostbusters toys. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been Googling, and now I really want one. And I'm I'm probably going to go to Walmart after this podcast so I can get one. This podcast brought to you by Walmart and the Grand Ole Opry. (laughs) (laughs) Very Tennessee. The six inch inch figurines. Is that what it is? They look awesome. And it's like, it's so sweet because you got the little Ghostbuster like gun and there's like a thing coming out of it. And it's like, yeah, it's cool. Do they have the trap? Because that job of describing that, by the way, (laughs) that terrible job. I used to have the trap that you could like throw out there and then it had a proton blaster with stream. That's what it is. I used to, I know exactly what you're talking about because as a kid, you could I had step the, on it and it would open and you could throw your little like ghost toy in it and close it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So good. I don't remember that as a child. That's well, probably like, again, there's an age gap. Yeah. There's a bit, <laughs> bit of a gap there, Bear. Anyway, I just wanted to do a throwback this week and we were all texting back and forth. And I, I have to say, since I have not mentioned one word about him, Bill 
Murray. The man. Oh, there it is. I was waiting for it. (laughs) I mean, you guys have no idea how much I love Bill Murray. And just absolutely fantastic. Love this movie. Love him in this movie. Just everybody. Dan Aykroyd, one of my favorite lines that goes by in a movie. So there's a line, and I always remembered it as, shh, do you smell something? But I think it's listen. Do you smell something? And it's so throwaway that you don't notice it. You don't realize that it's him being funny Mm -hmm. until you think about what that means. Mm -hmm. But it's just right at the beginning of the film. It sets the tone. It's when they're in the library walking through. And so, so many moments like that. That movie has really evolved as I've gotten older and rewatched it. There's a lot of the humor that I was really not understanding at <laughs> 10 years old or whenever I was watching it. What Eight years old, six years old. popped in there, Ray? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he would never hurt us. It's a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Mm-hmm. You know, that was originally supposed to be the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. They couldn't get a licensing. I bet they feel really stupid. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yeah. What? Yeah. That was supposed to be the Pillsbury Doughboy. Really? Yeah. And Pillsbury would not license it to the movie because they didn't know if the movie was going to be a hit or not. Wow. Whoops. Yeah, oh, that was a miss. <laughs> yeah, swing and a miss. So they had, to, they had to create a fake character, right? Like, or was it, or was it an actual? It was an, at Stay Puff Marshmallows were an actual marshmallow brand. Yeah, um, but they, they, that was like their mascot, yeah, I guess? Yeah, okay. And I think, I think there was an actual brand. Oh, gosh. See, I don't know. Get, this is come back and get me. I now. don't know. I, I don't know. I but, thought for sure it was, but that the character was a, combination between the michelin man and marshmallow right i think that was it i don't think the character existed I right think they but created i think, it I think the, the marshmallows did but that's probably gonna someone's gonna reach out on twitter and yeah somebody me. somebody comment on on the instagram post and let us let us know yep. but incredible movie if you haven't watched it recently go back and watch it again it's it's worth taking the time out of your day to go watch something that you remember fondly or if you don't remember at all if you've never seen that film what in the hell are you doing stop listening to this podcast go park your car do, stop doing whatever you're doing get off the treadmill go watch ghostbusters well do it. finish the podcast and then go watch it. <laughs> you can come back you can finish the rest of it later it's fine watch it while listening to the podcast <laughs> go ahead why do you have a weird look on your face I, I am watching a video okay oh. and i'm gonna show it to you guys on facetime if I can find this is the XFL celebration, the battle Hawks. Look at this dude. Watch this dude. This is a seltzer. He bites the entire top off the seltzer and goes bottoms up. This is the greatest post game celebration I've ever seen in my life. Okay. And with that, that is a perfect transition. Yes. You nailed it, Josh. So I was about to talk about the XFL and bring that video up. Cause I saw that this morning. And I guess they just all slam Bud Light seltzers after the game. Like, that's their tradition. This podcast brought to you by. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sponsors, we got a lot out there. (laughs) So I I love, love these kinds of celebrations where you just get to see guys in their element. And this is epic. Absolutely, positively epic. You know who hasn't celebrated? The Vipers. Why? Because we're 0-3. <laughs> I can't wait. They scored a touchdown this week, though. Uh, actually, it was a really, really good. I was, I was working, and it was. I kept watching, and it was actually a really good game. It was. They were kind of pretty much going back and forth with the scores. But, no, we still didn't win. I'm going to so lose. So, for those of you that aren't familiar with the uh, the – 
fantasy football league that I have yet to be invited to after I've asked like six <laughs> years in a row. The loser of the fantasy football league that CY and all of you are in, Josh is not. So I guess Josh is on the outside, just like me. Um, the loser of that league, whoever wins gets to choose something for the loser to do that's embarrassing. So with that being said, since Haley's Vipers are going to finish in last in the XFL, <laughs> do you get to whoever wins the league and wins the XFL bet choose something embarrassing for Bear to do? Wait a minute. I think that's a good idea. Whoa. I think it's a wonderful when idea. When did this be? No, this is why you're not invited. I don't need this negativity. <laughs> so I will say for those that are not following the XFL I am a little upset now because my defenders are not number one in the XFL East anymore. Now it is the oh, Battle boo-hoo. Hawks. So the Battle Hawks are technically in first place, even though they are both two and one. The defenders are two and one. New York Guardians are at one and two, and the Vipers are in the bottom of the East at zero oh and three. Sorry, Bear. Why can't I win anything? I don't know. Wah, wah, wah. For those of you listening at home, just whatever Haley picks, bet against <laughs> at all times. That's where it's You'll going. You'll become very rich. <laughs> so uh, we are not licensed to do that and do not use us as gambling advice. <laughs> there you go. So I've, I've got to say, I love, and, and this is the first time that I've said this, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the NFL should adopt the same kickoff that the XFL has. I agree 100%. It's way 100%. more interesting. It it prevents people from running into each other from, you know, 40 yards out getting a running start. It, yeah, it, it's incredible. And and I think it is one of those little brilliant things that at first I'm like, what are they doing? And then the more that I watched it, I was like, this is great because it still gives you the opportunity which we saw in that game, I believe, with Seattle the other day, of having a, a trick play run for a touchdown on a kickoff, which you never see in the NFL anymore because they just booted out of the end zone. It would stop that, yeah, for sure. It's awesome. It's awesome. I, I think I, I think the NFL is is closely watching, and I think they're monitoring everything the XFL is doing. And I would not be surprised. Now, keep in mind, there's a new CBA that's being negotiated right now um, in the NFL, and so they would have had to adopt some of those rules in that. So it will be some time before we see some of the XFL rules maybe blend in with the NFL. But I, I agree with you, Sue. I think I think they'd be smart. I mean, player safety is obviously at the top of everybody's mind. That's one thing you do immediately is is alter the kickoffs, and and there will be less injuries on kickoffs. Uh, but you don't get kick returns for touchdowns. That's the only bad thing. Most of them. I mean, this, the chances of you getting a kick return for a touchdown are very low. They did have one in the I was XFL say, this week. They just had one this week. That was my point. But it, it's still very low, though. Of, of an opportunity. It's much lower than if you're kicking off from the 20 and into the end zone. Oh no, they have no, to play a game. No, it's no, it's not. It, it's, it's non-existent in the NFL. Now, when was the last time that someone had a kickoff return for a touchdown? Hang on. Let me find out. In Google. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a hundred percent right. I don't know when the last time there was a kickoff return touchdown. Like it's not, a, not a punt return for a touchdown. There's been, there's been punt returns for a touchdown. A kickoff. Na, 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 na. I don't think you can sing that. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Oh. Team of Destiny. It was. The Kansas City Chiefs. 2019. The Your Miami Dolphins. Jakeem oh, Grant. Oh, come with on. A touchdown. You, you, this Jakeem is for touchdown. What week? <laughs> 17. I don't. It doesn't tell me. 
against Arizona. Just says 2019. Actually, we had seven kick returns for touchdowns in 2019. That's a lie. I don't remember any of that. Wow. Seven kick returns for touchdowns in 2019. But I also don't I guess, watch Miami I, games. I, I was about to say, in, our, in, <laughs> oh. in everyone's defense, no one's really watching those games. Oh, well, and you know what? Let me, let me also say this. Kansas how, City had one. How many teams are in the NFL? Nicole Hardman in 2019 had a kick return yeah, for touchdown. How, 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 how many? Way to watch your team. Hey, how many teams are in the NFL? 32. How many teams are question. in the XFL? I, I passed. How many teams Eight. are in the XFL? Eight. Yeah, so law of averages. Yeah. We're doing way too much math on this podcast. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I'm just arguing for the sake of arguing. I'm going to shut up and move on. Let's talk about something interesting. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I want to talk about the Wilder Fury boxing match. Please talk about my outfit, my ensemble oh, we'll, here. We'll I mean, get the to your. Was. Okay, you know what? Go ahead. No, 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 you can no, go cool. first. No, that's cool. We'll, we'll save the best for last. It's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> Please, I insist, Ryan. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not trying to step on your excitement. I mean, this weekend was a walk down memory lane. I am dressed head to toe in Dwayne Wade gear. I've got my Wade hat, I've got my oversized Wade jersey. <laughs> Seriously, look at this thing. I'm just stand up for you guys. This oh. thing is like, like <laughs> Do you have the uh, We need a picture of this. The Chinese Wade uh, tennis shoes as well or I've I've got the Wades. Yes, I've got the Wades too. I don't remember. Um it's, it is Legacy Weekend, Wade Weekend. The greatest player in NBA history had his jersey lifted to the rafters. LeBron James on Biscayne Boulevard. No, 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 no. Michael Jordan? I was just about to say, wait, Michael. MJ? But this one is from Chicago. Number three, Dwayne Wade. Your voice cracked again. I thought he was going to make it. I thought you were going to make it all the way to the end. I I did not uh, nail, nail the dismount on that one. I failed. I failed miserably once again. But... What a weekend it was to reminisce and celebrate one of the greatest players in NBA history. Josh and I were talking about this before we started recording. You, it's, you don't appreciate guys until they're not playing anymore. And looking back and watching Dwayne's highlights over again and, and seeing the celebrations, and there was like a roast of Dwayne on, uh, on Friday night, and it was really cool to have all these guys, LeBron, Skyped in and – uh, Shaq had a, had a video in there and, you know, all these guys just talking, you know, Dwayne Wade moments and, and Miami Heat moments. It just makes you remember like, God, enjoy these guys while they're playing. Like, in, like for all of the, the, the fans watching and that are enjoying LeBron James, like we are watching one of, if not the greatest players ever in any sport play at a level in, in season 17 that I don't know any guy has ever played. At this type of level, 17 years in the league. So my point is, like, watching back Dwayne Wade highlights, it made me go, man, like, you, we got to appreciate these guys while they're here and while they're playing and and just enjoy seeing these guys go to work every single day. I mean, we did. We, me and me and Josh flew out to L.A. and oh watched the Lakers gosh, game. Oh, my gosh. We're going like, to keep reminding <laughs> us about that. Like five feet from LeBron. It was really great. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Are we protesting again, Ryan? I'm protesting from this moment on. <laughs> In my oversized Dwayne Wade dress, I'm, I'm protesting. Oh man, it's seriously Dwayne Wade was one of those guys that I he was so so awesome to watch, 
And I think as he, you know, he, he was always, they were always doing the whole flash thing with him about how fast he was. And I think as he aged and his game aged, people tend to not remember just how explosive he was at the beginning of his career and just how important he was for that team. Arguably, when, when LeBron came there, like he was just as important as LeBron in that big three. D- agree, disagree? Uh, he had to take a back seat to LeBron. Um, and once he did that, that's when you know, he won their back-to-back titles in 12 and 13. But no, without question. And Wade's, uh, that 2006 championship run for Dwayne, he had the highest player efficiency rating of any player in NBA Finals history, better than any of Michael Jordan's six Finals uh, wins. And so, yeah, it was, I mean, watching that 06 run, you know, I mean, I knew year one when he was a rookie when he hit that game-winning shot against Charlotte in, I guess, Charlotte Hornets? Yeah. Was it Charlotte? Now I'm forgetting. Yes, it was Charlotte. Um, New Orleans at the time, the Hornets. Yeah. Baron Davis was on that team. Uh, yeah, you knew right from that moment when he hit that game-winning shot, we got ourselves a superstar here. And, um, yeah, no, I, Dwayne, not only that, but off the court, what he's meant to globally, um, to the game, uh, the kind of guy he is, he's morphed into, like, everyone talks about life after basketball and what their the second chapter is and the next chapter, Dwayne's really really uh transitioned into that well and so yeah it was really cool looking back on uh, on all those memories for uh for flash father prime we got we got some mv3 we got we got a lot of nicknames for Dwayne. so <laughs> Dwayne <laughs> Wee! oh you got it that time wow nailed it stuck the dismount <laughs> Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm sweating, by the way. <laughs> Why are you so sweaty? I was watching cops. I was watching cops. <laughs> All right. If if you did not see the Wilder versus Fury, I did fight anybody. Am I the only one that were, were watched you, this? No, I saw. It. Were I you surprised by the way? It, but didn't. So actually, my pick was Fury. That was my that was my pick for the fight, and honestly, everybody was like. He's coming in, you know, he's a lot heavier. He's coming in at like 273 to Wilder's 230. I, you know, I think he's that weight's actually going to be a detriment to him if the fight drags on. He didn't let it drag on. He took that fight to Wilder. He took away the thing that he is most dangerous with, which is that real fast step in one, two. He, he times that left hand, that right is following it right over the top, and all of that torque is thrown into that right hand, which is how he knocks everybody out. And Fury just absolutely outboxed him. He leaned on him. He weighed him down. He used that weight to his advantage. He got him tired. And if you did not watch this fight, you need to go back and watch it. I don't care that you already know how it ends. It is the first time in a long time. I, You know, as a kid, sorry, sidebar, I remember growing up watching boxing matches, like heavyweight boxing, with my granddad. And he would show me, like, old old boxing matches that he had recorded you know all the george foreman's of the world the the lennox lewis fights obviously mike tyson and we just haven't had two great undefeated heavyweight boxers fighting each other in a long long time when it mattered and tyson fury is obviously the lineal champion you know he beat the guy that beat the guy that beat the guy and he was undefeated came back they, they fought to a draw the last fight, and I think he just had the perfect game plan going into this. He smothered Wilder, and he beat him up, man. A lot of people were, were thinking that his corner threw that towel a little too soon. I do not think so. He, he was getting battered, 
And I mean, I think from the moment that he threw that real hard right hand and busted his eardrum from then on, like every time he would fall backwards, he was like having to, his equilibrium was just off. And I think his corner was, was protecting their boxer. And I really, really hope there is a clause in there for, for a rematch that Wilder can there's a 30 day. There's a 30 day clause to, uh, to activate a rematch. Yeah. So Wilder, if he, um, if he so chooses, thing that I will say is because your boy, Jason Fitz brought this up, uh, Friday, but before the fight. And he had said that this is reminiscent of boxing's glory days, like having a fight of this magnitude. I don't know if it lived up to that type of hype or title. Like I went watching that fight. It felt like a, like a really big fight, but it, I, I can't put it on the same level as Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali's or George Foreman's. Like I can't put it on that level. Well, okay. So there's two things at play there though. Those guys had a period of time when boxing was one of the biggest sports, had the most eyeballs on it. Boxing has not been that for a long time. So for this to even get close to that amount of care in the boxing community and people that really watch boxing and, and, and really love it, to have two undefeated heavyweights in the ring together that aren't just, you know, 4 no. They're 34 and 0, and that they've both held the title before. And I think a lot of the buildup was there. And I do think that that was a show of boxing prowess because Fury, his head movement is just so good. To be a guy that big, that tall, to move the way that he does and to box the way that he does, I just think he took Wilder apart. And I honestly, I know what you're saying, Rye. But you also listed three people that are like all-time Hall of Fame greats in right, boxing. Well, let, let me let me put this then, because the last biggest fight we saw was Mayweather McGregor. But see, yeah. I think that's I, which, that wasn't one? because I would put Mayweather McGregor above Wilder Fury as far as hype, as far as I mean, obviously you had the controversy at the end of that Mayweather McGregor fight, but that to me was. That was the you. Everybody had to watch that. Like you could not miss that fight. But he I wasn't. Don't a know boxer. if I felt the same way. But that's that's not the same that's level not. of of boxing proficiency that we saw last night. And it's, it's just not. And, and those are not heavyweights either. Like this is back to the lineage of what boxing was. It was these giant heavyweight men going at it. Yeah, and I say last night. I was this weekend. Sorry, but it, it, I I know what you're saying. And obviously, dude, I watched both of them. I watched the the McGregor Mayweather fight. I was pumped. But as far as having two heavyweight boxers in the ring that mattered, that are actual proven track records, they've beat people that mattered in the division, having them come together and fight for the title. I, I just We haven't seen that in a long time. And I, I think it was a very, very important moment in sports history and in boxing history. Mm -hmm. I agree. When, when, when did he uh, blow out his eardrum? Which round? I, I don't remember if it was the second or the third round. Oh, it was that early? Oh, yeah. And and it was, he just smothered him. I mean, it, he really never gave him chance to get breath. At one point, they took, they, they told him they were both punching when they needed to break, and the ref took points from uh, Fury for holding on to him too long. And I, I really thought that was unfair, but it did not matter because <laughs> it did not go to the judges. What round did he lick his neck? <laughs> That's also a thing that happened. So he said, Ew. yeah, he said prior to the fight, he, you know, he's, he's kind of known for grandstanding and just being crazy in his interviews. And he, he said, I'm, I'm going to taste his blood. 
And, you know, you thought that was a metaphor. You thought it was a metaphor. And then there was one point where he was holding on to him on the ropes and just stuck his tongue out and kind of like waggle. Like, how do you, how would you describe it? It was, um, it it's was like gross. A weird ice cream cone. I don't <laughs> no, know. Gosh, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he actually made contact with him, but it was still the intent was there, and it was really gross. No, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. Okay, so it, it, I, I was correct. It was in the third round. It was. It okay. was in the third round that, that he early. did it. But it just man, and they've got God. They've got this photo that if you can find it of the moment that Fury hits Wilder with an overhand right. And it's, it just looks like he dislocated his whole jaw. Yeah. It's He just beat him up, man. I, I really do hope that Wilder takes it as fuel and he calls for the rematch and we get to see another fight. Cause yeah, I want to actually watch this one. If they do it. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. That that may be our uh, our next field trip. Field trip. Let's go to it. <laughs> that may have to be the quad field trip if they, if they announce another fight. Out to Vegas? Yeah. Uh, yes, go. please. I'm yeah, going. Just keep, me, just keep me away from Wonder Woman. That's all. <laughs> okay. All right. We've we have spent a lot of time talking about music and sports and everything else, and especially me being able to talk about Bill freaking Murray and Ghostbusters. But we got time for a hot take, Josh. You you got it this week. We sure do. All right. Hot take. The king of controversy. Oh. The Sultan of Spice. Has brought to you. Okay, really? A hot take. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I'm hyping this up hard. <laughs> I better, Who, better be good. Did you just dub yourself the Sultan of Spice? I, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did that. That happened. This is going to be movie related. We are talking about the greatest live action Batman. And my take is this Michael Keaton is the greatest live action Batman. Now, Hold on. I have this broken down in categories for you to prove this. I can already hear Ryan typing away, trying to find a ranker list of Batman actors. Christian Bale. Okay, we're going to get there. I did love those movies. I'm not taking that away. Starting with Bad Batman, Bad Bruce Wayne, we have Ben Affleck. Those movies were not good, in my opinion. Ben Affleck, Pearl Harbor. Um, (laughs) Ooh. Coming up next, Bad Batman, Good Bruce Wayne. We have George Clooney. Batman Robin, not great. The Batman costume had nipples. <laughs> it did. I forgot about that. It did. It did. But, but his Bruce Wayne scenes where he's like mentoring, uh, uh, what's his name? O'Connell. What's, uh, I know, for all intents and purposes, Robin. Robin yes. Yeah. Him mentoring him and being like very dad-like. Not bad. Not bad interactions. But terrible Batman. Terrible movie. And then also, Christian Bale. Bad Batman, good Bruce Wayne. Great Bruce Wayne. But the Batman voice. Where are the drugs? Someone find Two-Face. You do that too well. Where are the drugs? Yes, I was wondering what was going to break first. It was you. It was you, Bane. Someone's going to get to the end of this and be like, what, what is Josh doing? going on? All right, so that's Bad Batman, Good Bruce Wayne, George See, Clooney, Christian Bale. I, I disagree with you. Okay. I think he was a great Batman. And it the fact that you don't like the voice that he did to cover up his voice is probably the easiest thing that you can hone in on. That is the only negative, I think, of his character. I think he was a great Batman. Just 
dude, it, it looks real. It looks visceral. It looks like he's actually fighting. I, it doesn't look badly choreographed. He did a lot of work to make sure that was the case. He got very buff. It was coming right off of the machinist where he was tiny, and then he put on like 50 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Great. It did love, not require a suit to make him to look good. Friends at Variety. Hold on, hold on, hold oh, your, hold, hold your, hold your takes. Hold according your takes. to our friends at Variety. Hold on, let me get through my category. All right. <laughs> oh, he's still going. So, bad Batman, good Bruce Wayne, George Clooney, Christian Bale, good Batman, You're wrong, bad Bruce Wayne, Val Kilmer, Adam West. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We do not need to talk about Adam West like that on this. It was I loved him as Batman, but he was not convincing as billionaire billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. Couldn't buy it on either of them. And finally, good Batman, good Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton. Mm. By the way, I really like Michael Keaton, but I think it's Christian Bale for me. Man. I, I, I'm gonna have to agree with Christian. I think that the Christian Bale movies are my favorite Batman movies, no question. Dark Knight is what I would consider the best Batman movie of all of them. But as far as actors, who you played just Batman, don't like the voice, though. You I don't do. like the voice. All right, well, that's the only negative you have. We, I'm a man in a bad hat. <laughs> okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. For According it. to our friends at Variety, <laughs> the Batman actors ranked from worst to best, starting, I'm just going to start at five. At number five, according to Variety, George Clooney. At number four, Ben Affleck. Number three, Michael Keaton. Oh, what? The second best Batman actor of all time, according to Variety.com, is Adam West. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes! Which means the best Batman actor, according to Variety.com, is... Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah! Paid off by his PR firm. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, they, they showed love and respect to Adam West, who started it all. Mm-hmm. Are you curious who the worst-ranked Batman actor of all time is? Oh, yeah, please. We definitely, if we're going to do the best, we have to go worst. According to Variety.com, the worst... Ranked Batman actor of all time is Lewis Wilson. Huh? Those are like the 70s Batman movies, I think. 1943. 40s. Oh, oh God. <laughs> the second worst Batman actor of all time was Val Kilmer. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Batman Forever was pretty good, though. I didn't know that Robert Lowry, by the way, was Batman. Did you know that? I did not. 1949, Robert Lowry. See, and, and that's my gap in movie knowledge is anything that's above a certain age. I start getting a little hazy with, with all of the stuff that was out. I know my classics. I can get to the 70s, and then then before that, I start getting real fuzzy. Yeah, my westerns, like, I, I'm, I'm in I, just from my dad and watching a lot of those with him. Like, know who Randolph Scott is, you know. But I just, some of my movie knowledge is lacking once it gets to a certain point. I feel like George Clooney got shafted on this list, man. Where is he? Five? He's fifth. I feel like he should have been four. Ben Affleck should have been five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would consider like Clooney more of Batman than Ben Affleck. But, uh, let me ask you this, Josh. Did you ever watch Gotham? No. No? Gosh, no. am I the only one who watched that? It was so good. I think a lot of people watched it. I watched like the first couple seasons of it, and then it just got a little... I There was like a dip, like around season three. I just checked out. Like, I'm bad about that with... with 
shows and trying to binge watch them. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it fast. Great. I can get through it. But if there's like a season where everybody's like, oh, no, no, you have to like get through that season to watch the rest of it. I'm probably not going to do that. Just the way they ended the show is just perfect. The way they touch on how he becomes Batman and everything else and all of the villains and everything adds up and just, oh, it was perfect. Well, Boy, the most uh, the most remarkable thing about this is the transformation of the Batman suit because oh boy oh yeah Adam West that was not good but you know what Adam West was it was the man behind the suit that was the whole thing and and they dude it's it a long time ago <laughs> it's not recent I like the cloney one even though it does have nipples it does have nipples <laughs> how do we feel about Robert Pattinson being Batman uh, okay, so oh, no. Here, no, no, here's no, no, the deal. No, here's no, the deal. No, I've seen a couple. Uh, have you seen the screenshots that yeah. are that they've leaked? Mm-mm. I've seen a couple of them. He looks imposing in the suit. The one thing that's really interesting, they did like a quick reveal that's very very dark. It's him kind of turning around, and you see the front of the suit, and you see him behind the mask. They've broken that down, and they actually say that the the chest piece looks like the the bat symbol looks like it's a gun that's been cut in half and made into the bat symbol and a lot of people are saying that that's a really cool nod to the guy that he captured that that shot his father and and his mother which kind of prompted him to become batman later on in life and that that's the actual gun and he's cut it in half and made it into a symbol and that if that's true that's a really cool twist that's a cool that is a cool cool thing i still can't see robert not a fan not a fan of this suit it's not appealing. Really? Not, I'm not a fan. I mean, Twilight notwithstanding, Robert Pattinson's a really good actor. So the, no, don't get me wrong. I like him as an actor. I cannot see him as Bruce Wayne. Because you you just see him as Twilight, the <laughs> vampire. Edward. <laughs> I saw him in a lot of other movies. I've seen him do a lot of things. I just can't see him as Bruce Wayne. Maybe behind the mask, I can see him as Batman. He no. looks like a cyborg in this suit. We will see. We'll, we'll, we will see. We'll see. And that, that is a really good hot take for today, Josh. Thank you for bringing that in. I don't agree with you, and that's the whole point of it. So, <laughs> Once again, guys, thank you for letting us uh, be a little fast and loose today. We've had a lot of fun. Thanks again for listening to The Quad. We got Ryan from Miami. Adios. Haley the Bear. Bye. Producer Josh. See you later. I'm Chris. And...